Al-Bayan Radio presents the following lesson from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Presented by Farhan bin Rafi' Ahmed. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Inna alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'aghfiruhu. Wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina min sayyati amalina. Man yahdihillah falamudillalah. Wa man yudlil falantajida lahu waliyan murshida. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah al-ahadu al-qahhar. وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون Indeed all praise and thanks belongs to Allah tabarak wa ta'ala alone We seek his help, his assistance and guidance in all things He whom Allah tabarak wa ta'ala guides There is none that can misguide him And he whom Allah tabarak wa ta'ala leads astray There is none that can guide him Except through the will and permission of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala alone And I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah And that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashimi al-Qurashi Was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind O you who believe, fear Allah Fear Allah as he deserves to be feared. And do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except that you are Muslims. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yassirli amri wa ahlul uqtatan min lisani yafqahu qawli. Alhamdulillah, this is lesson 32 in our reading of a tafsir. And today's lesson, we're going to take an overview of the last four verses that we have taken. The two various, يعني, separate parables or paragons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses from before verse 20. So these verses, يعني, in essence, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us the reality of the munafiqeen, the reality of the hypocrites. When the Qur'an and the religion of al-Islam is in line with what the munafiqeen want and their desires, then they followed the way of the Qur'an. They followed the way of the Qur'an. So, for instance, they benefited from Islam so that they could marry the Muslim woman or so that they could inherit from the Muslims or they could have a share in the spoils of the war of the Muslimin and they were protected from the death and so many other benefits of being a Muslim when it was going good for them. Then, if it was not in their way, if it was not along their path, like if they had to do some sort of effort or they had to spend in some charity, or they had to fight in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in jihad, then this is when they would stop and they would turn away. This is when they would stop and turn away, the hypocrites. Or if any harm came on them, then they would say, like if any sickness or poverty, or anything that they deemed hardship, then they would say, khalas, this is from this religion. They would leave that faith or turn away from the faith and turn their heels away from it. They even know, knew some of them, they even knew some of the truth that came in Islam, the munafiqeen. And subhanallah, regardless of them knowing some of the truth, they were surrounded in doubt. They were surrounded in doubt, in shak and shubuhat, right? Things that were confusing them. And this is the light and the darkness that is mentioned in the verses themselves. And the light of the Qur'an and the strength of it is which caused them to be almost blinded. But the eyes of the disbelievers and the munafiqeen are weak. And they cannot withstand the light of the Qur'an and the sunnah. And when they speak the truth and when they show their truth and they show when they show the truth on their tongues and not that which is inside, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala compares it to rain. 
Because rain is what benefits the people. Rain is what brings goodness to the earth. And subhanallah, even though they come with rain, there is darkness that is accompanied by it. The rain itself, it brings darkness. Now this darkness here that is mentioned in the verses, that is the doubts and the disbelief and the hypocrisy that is within their hearts. Even though they say that which is good. However, that which comes with it from the hypocrisy and the disbelief and the misguidance that they're upon, that is the darkness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions. So subhanallah, the hypocrisy is hidden behind their statements. It is the darkness that comes from them. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. The lightning and the thunder that is mentioned in these verses are the powerful messages from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the punishments that await them in the hereafter. This is the, the thunder and the lightning and the things that they're afraid of. That which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reveals in the Quran to cause them to be frightened. And these are the punishments that await them, not just in the akhirah, but also in the dunya. Now, subhanallah, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he says, the munafiqeen had the revelation poured over them. They had wahi, they saw wahi, right? They were around the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa in this time. And he says that revelation, in it is that which brings life to the hearts and the souls. Yani we say that in the Quran and the Sunnah is that which brings our inside, right? Our hearts. It brings life to it. So they had this wahi poured over them. And it was supposed to have a desired effect if they took it upon the correct way. But Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he says, but they could not hear anything of the revelation except that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned of the threats, punishments, and that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had ordained from the worship upon, upon them in the mornings and the evenings. So when, they, when the wahi was poured on them, all they could hear was what? I have to do this, I have to do that, I'm going to get Jahannam, this is what's going to wait for the people, people in Jahannam. They couldn't get past that. And this is because of the diseases that were in their hearts. And so even though they heard it, they heard that which frightened them, which caused them to put their fingers in their ears. So because that which they were hearing, that which they chose to hear, was very selected verses. And when you hear that, for instance, you are entitled to inheritance, or you can marry, or you can get some of the ghanima, the spoils of war, خلاص, your attention doesn't really go to that because it's things that's good for you, right? But when do you have an objection? When do you become loud? Is when you hear something that goes against you. You have to go now and fight. Right? You have to go do something, some effort. So this for them was too much to hear. So this, when this happened, they started to cover their ears. So this is, subhanAllah, the case of the munafiqeen. Now Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he has in his book, uh, he, he mentions some beautiful characteristics, in a very beautiful way. He mentions the characteristics of the hypocrites, not beautiful characteristics, the beautiful description of the characteristics of the hypocrites. And it's, it's a bit long, I'm not going to lie to you, but in it is some of the main issues of the munafiqeen. Some of the main characteristics, the problems that hypocrites, the hypocrites had. And why do we learn these things? 
Why do we learn the method of the hypocrites? Why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about them. When we're here, we're praying. We're doing everything, inshaAllah, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why do we need to know that? It's because the munafiqeen also came to the masjid. And they also prayed with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they achieved some things that maybe you will never achieve in your lifetime. For instance, some of the munafiqeen prayed more than one, two, three of the salawat in the rawdah. What's the rawdah? مَا بَيْنَ بَيْتِي وَمِنْبَرِي رَوْضَةٌ مِنْ رِيَادِ الْجَنَّةِ Whatever is between my house and my pulpit, يعني the minbar where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would do his khutab, his speeches. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says it's a garden from the gardens of paradise. Now obviously, the scholars, they had some differences. Will it actually be elevated into jannah? Or is it just, يعني تشريف, a sharaf or honor for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? That's besides the point. But there is يعني, something that a Muslim, whenever he goes to Medina, he tries to go and pray in the rawda. Because it's a piece of Jannah. You're praying in Jannah. That's something solid. You know what I mean? It's something awesome. You're not praying in Jannah. It's from the Sunnah of Prophet And not now, يعني, many people do not have this opportunity. You go there into Medina now, you might get lucky with maybe, 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 if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses you, you might get one prayer of the fara'id. Right? You might get one prayer, maybe a dhuhr or a asr when it's not too busy. You might get that one prayer. But these people, perhaps they prayed more than one prayer with the Prophet ﷺ in the best place in the masjid. Subhanallah. And some of them perhaps prayed on the front lines with Nabi ﷺ. So we have to understand that these things are not abstract ideas that are something far away or something that we can't really take any benefit from. This is what we have to ensure that we never become like. This is what we have to ensure that we never take these characteristics. And if we find these characteristics in ourselves, then we remove them from ourselves. Because these characteristics are detrimental. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He calls those who are munafiqeen, He says that they are evil. And he says that they will be in the lowest pits of the hellfire. And he says, يعني, he attributes and he combines them in many places of the Quran with those who are kuffar, disbelievers. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection, Ya Rabb. So Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he mentions very beautifully, he says, the munafiqeen had, have, have characteristics that they can be identified through. And these characteristics are found in the Quran and the Sunnah. And they are clear to whoever ponders over them from the people of Iman. They are a people. The munafiqeen are human beings. It's not like some random reptilian lizard people or something like that. They are human beings, right? And they have characteristics. Just like the believers, those who are successful, they have characteristics. And the people who are doomed in the hellfire, the mushrikeen and the kuffar, they have the characteristics. These people also have a certain way in which they operate. They have a certain method to do to, in what they do. And they have characteristics that are detailed in where the Qur'an and the Sunnah. So we know that these details are complete truth because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is inspiring them through revelation. So we know that these characteristics of them are completely true. And the first characteristic of them that Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah he mentions, he says, they are upon riyah. They are upon. This is one of the first things that is mentioned about the hypocrites is they are upon riya, showing off. And the literal thing, the literal definition of what a munafiq is, in the context of the sharia, is that someone who displays faith 
whilst hiding disbelief. He hates Islam inside. He disbelieves in what he is saying. However, he makes apparent that which is not hidden. He makes apparent that which is not hidden. What is hidden is a hatred or a disbelief. But what he makes apparent is faith, iman, taqwa, khashya. All of these things of being conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it is essential that they have this one characteristic. They want to show riya. They want to show off. They want to show to people their status. They want to show people their ibadah. Now, showing off, my brothers and sisters, obviously, is something that few people are not challenged by. Only a few people don't have this. Everyone is touched by it somewhat. Everyone is touched by it in some way, minor or majorly. The people who are munafiqeen, everything they do is for riya. If they give charity at any point, it's only because someone sees them. If they come to the masjid, it's so that people can say he came to the masjid. If he does something, it's because other people. However, there are always going to be times in your life, and this is something that you are going to struggle with till the day you die. It's something that you are going to necessarily struggle with. And the Salaf said that they struggled with it. And this is your sincerity. The opposition of this is your sincerity, your ikhlas. If you're doing something for the sake of Allah or for other people. So this is why this issue here, riya, showing off, is essentially that which is covered in the first hadith of the people who will be thrown into the hellfire. The opposite spectrum, right? Those who have no ikhlas. Those who completely do things for the sake of other people. So for instance, the person who is a scholar or a reader. And he says to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, قَرَأْتُ fika." I recited for you, O Allah. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will iftahim, He will embarrass him in front of all of the people and he will say, Kadabta. You are lying. You have lied. You have lied. You only read so that people could say that he is a reader or he is a alim. And the same of the one who gives charity and the same of the one who fights for the sake of supposedly Allah. Right? However, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells them, no, you only did it so that people would say you're generous, and you only did so so that people could say that you are brave, you're courageous. That's why you fought, and that's why you gave charity, and that's why you studied and you read, and that has been said, so now for you is nothing. And then he will be dragged on his face to the hellfire. The essence of this is what? That he was showing off. The person here, these people, they were showing off. Riya. The essence of it is Riya. Showing off, they did an action other than the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from this We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to rectify our hearts from this And preserve us from falling into this in any shape, way or form We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his forgiveness, Ya Rab And he says, Ibn al-Qayyim, that they are upon riya, showing off And he says, and it is the most disgusting and lowly position that a human can stand on Especially the riyah of the munafiqeen, when it's complete hypocrisy. When everything you do, Yarhamdullah. When, when subhanallah, يعني, everything you do is for other than Allah, this is the most disgusting, lowly position that you can be in. There's nothing more evil than this. Because ultimately, there is something that is missing, and that you think you can get away with it. You think you can fool Allah. 
So the person who is doing this for the sake of other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is literally prioritizing the people over Allah. And this is from the most evil things that a person can do. Or there is an indirect accusation against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah doesn't know what is in my heart. I do it, but Allah doesn't know what is in my heart. And subhanallah, this is for all worship. Regardless if it's small or if it's large. Right? It could be a single dollar in charity. Just like maybe the smallest example that you can give. You make your hand into a fist, but it's actually just a dollar in there. And you put it into the bucket. Right? He's holding a dollar. Right? But he's making it look like it's actually a couple bands. You know what I mean? He's making it look like it's notes rolled up. Right? But he's just got a dollar in there. And he puts his hand in the bucket. And he lets go of this dollar. And he makes it sound, makes it look like... That it's a big amount, right? And that's one aspect. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he tells us of another type, which is yani, the first hadith of Sahih al-Bukhari, right? That a person, he will be judged by his intentions, right? And the example that he gives is the example of the hijrah. Now the hijrah of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the companions was not easy. It was extremely difficult. And he by foot over two, three weeks walking, Walking, many of the companions didn't have anything other than what they could carry on their backs. Only a few of them had camels and horses that they could travel on. And how we know this is that when you look at the examples of the Badr and the Uhud, how many camels and horses the Muslim had, it was nothing in comparison to what the Quraysh had. So these people were going, companions were going on foot. Many of them. Now subhanAllah, even if you had a camel, it was not something easy. In the scorching heat of the desert. Now, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam uses this example and he says that whoever migrated for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then he will find that reward with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But whoever migrated for a woman, he used a very specific example, my brothers. Whoever migrated for a woman so that he could marry her, right? Or he could be with her. So then his hijrah is for whatever he migrated for. Your whole hijrah. Your whole hijrah. Imagine all of that effort. And you don't get a single reward for it because your intention was for that girl. So there are people, subhanAllah, that do things, especially single brothers. Especially single brothers. My brothers who are trying to get married, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala assist you in your pursuits of marriage, right? But you know that you go to the masjid so that maybe someone will see ya, or maybe there's going to be an Instagram shot coming, or maybe someone will say, I saw him in the mosque, he prays, mashallah. He's there Fajr, he's there Isha, you know what I mean? Brother's getting married. Or he knows that the sister herself is in the masjid. And this is the worst type. This is the worst type. It's the worst one, right? And all he's doing to go to the masjid is not for the sake of Allah. It's not to get the ajr of jama'ah. It's not the ajr of anything like that. It's literally for a woman. Now this person is not just a scum, right? That's one thing, right? Let's put that aside. Because he's not doing it for the sake of Allah. And Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, he says, this is the worst type of person. The worst type of action, Right? But ultimately, you're not getting rewarded for all of the prayers that you're doing with the angels surrounding you. You're not getting the rewards of that. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. So brothers, يعني, you come to the masjid for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah will make your things easy. You pray in jama'ah, wallahi, Allah will make your things easy. Without a shadow of a doubt. Allah will make your things easy. All of your affairs. But don't make this place يعني, a form of an app where you choose a girl or what have you This is not the place for it right? This is a connection with you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
وأن المساجد لله and know that the masajid are for, the, for Allah alone فلا تدعو مع الله أحدا do not call unto other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right and calling unto other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has various forms so if your intention isn't for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you have to be extremely careful now the opposite is true certain sisters not our sisters alhamdulillah inshallah ya right they come to the masjid They come to the masjid for one sake and one sake alone. The student of knowledge vibe, you know what I mean? And then it goes on Instagram, it goes on uh, TikTok or whatever it is, you know, Wednesday night Sharia course, this is that, you know, and then it's the picture, the boomerang effect on, on Instagram. Now, all of this is part of showing off. All of this is part of showing off. It means that your intention isn't for the sake of Allah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his forgiveness, Ya Rabb. Right? Be very careful. If you want to encourage others, that's something separate. That you know your intention. Wallahi, you know your intention. So be very careful. And يعني, subhanallah, those who want to encourage others are usually single people. Those who want to encourage others are usually single. Subhanallah. Anyways, let's continue. Now, another characteristic that he mentions is that they are overtaken by kasal, by being lazy. This is another characteristic of the hypocrites. Very, very important. Laziness. Now, subhanallah, he says, by being lazy upon that which they were ordered upon to uphold by the most merciful, Ar-Rahman. Right? And he says, because of this, for them sincerity, for, for, uh, for sincerity upon them becomes very extremely heavy. It becomes extremely heavy to be sincere. Because why? They're lazy in that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered them to do. Like what? As-salah, was-zakah, was-siyam, hajj. All of these physical things that they are supposed to do, they're laxed in it. They're not very serious when it comes to these issues. Right? They're lazy when it comes to the worship that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered them to do. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says about the hypocrites, He says, وَإِذَا قَامُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ قَامُوا كُسَالًا يُرَاءُونَ النَّاسَ وَلَا يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ إِلَّا قَلِيلًا And when they stand for prayer, they stand lazily. When they stand for prayer, yes, they might pray even. But when they do the actual prayer, they stand lazily, showing off to the people. Showing off to the people and not remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except for little. You know what's worse than this? Is subhanallah... I was thinking about this. Now, worse than this is the people who go Hajj and Umrah. I'm being flooded with Hajj and Umrah vibes right now. Everyone on my social media right now, all my mates, they're usually doing Umrah right now. I feel kind of left out. I'm not going to lie. This isn't a dig at anyone who's at Umrah right now. Please, if you listen to this, this wasn't directed at you in any way, shape, or form. But the people who do those photo sajdas, do you know what I mean? Or the photo du'as, do you know what I mean? It's like, mashallah, it's, it's orchestrated, right? So imagine if these guys actually prayed but they remember, didn't remember Allah. Imagine faking sajda for a photo. And what? The same thing. Yura'oon al-nas. To show the people. Imagine that. Like this guy actually prayed. If he started the prayer, to finish the prayer. Right? This guy just went straight into sajda. <laughs> he didn't even do anything else. Or he's pretending to do tashahud. I've seen it with my eyes. I've lived in Medina for six years. I've seen it with my eyes. People putting the camera there next to the masahif racks. And then sitting down, back down into tashahud straight away. Right, and pretending to do tashahud. I've seen it all. You see ajayib in the haram, right? You see some crazy stuff. Uh, the worst one is when someone was doing sajda and he wasn't doing it to the Kaaba. 
I swear, I swear. So that he could look like he's doing sajda and get the Kaaba in the background. But he didn't, he didn't figure out that he do sajda to the Kaaba. Anyways, let's, and someone took a picture. Anyways, let's, uh, <laughs> let's continue. Now, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he continues and he says, they are like sheep. This is another characteristic. They are like sheep. And the sheep that they are like is like they wander between two different flocks. They are like sheep. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah says that wanders between two different flocks. Sometimes it wanders to this one and other times it wanders to another. So they're never set in their group. They're always wandering in between the two groups. And subhanAllah, this is based off a hadith that is found in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet wasallam he says the example of the hypocrite is that of a sheep wandering from flock to flock. This is the exact, exact word that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was using. He says it wanders to, it, to this one at times and it wanders to another one at another time. Subhanallah. So they're never stable. right? They're always going. And who are the two groups? The people of truth and the people of innovation. The people of disbelief. The people of hypocrisy. So they go in between both groups. And that is what is of the characteristics of the hypocrites. And subhanallah, Ibn al-Qayyim continues and he says they are never stable. They're never stable, and they never continue upon their paths. They are standing in the middle between the two parties, continuously looking at which of these two parties is stronger and more honorable. Where do they choose on what day to be where, if they're going to be with the Muslims or if they're going to be with the Kafirs? They see where is the benefit. If the Muslims are doing alright, Allah, let's be with the Muslims today. If the Kafirs are doing okay, then let's be with the Kafirs today. Right? So they're constantly in between these two flocks. And subhanAllah, then he brings the next verse, right? The exact next verse of the verse that we said before, right? Of those who pray, being lazy, showing off. The next verse is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, مُذَبَذَبِينَ بَيْنَ ذَلِكَ لَا إِلَهَا وَلَا إِلَهَا they are swaying between this and that, right? Neither belonging to this or those. They're never stable. They're always wandering in between here and there. They're never stable. Belonging neither to these nor those. And he whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends astray, you will not find for him a way to truth. So this is another characteristic of the people of hypocrisy. That they're never stable. They're always jumping from one to another. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his forgiveness, Ya Rab. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he continues and he says, They look. This is another characteristic. They look. Right? What's lurking? What does it mean? You know, when you're hiding and you're kind of just watching slowly, right? Like it's a look. Google it and you get the exact translation, right? They look amidst, amidst the people of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And if there is an opening from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is from them, they say, we are from amongst you. So again, same concept. When there's something for them, when they're in amidst the believers, amongst you. And they swear upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they swear by Allah upon this. And then he mentions that when the enemies of the people of the Qur'an and the Sunnah find victory, they use their familial ties and their previous bonds to find, find their way there. Then Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he says, O the one 
who wants to know who they are, who these munafiqeen are, if you want to know who they are, then take their characteristics from the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you will need no further evidence for it. And then he brings a verse. Right? So over here now, he's giving us a verse about the hypocrites. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, الَّذِينَ يَتَرَبَّصُونَ بِكُمْ فَإِن كَانَ لَكُمْ فَتْحٌ مِّنَ اللَّهِ قَالُوا أَلَمْ نَكُمْ مَعَكُمْ وَإِن كَانَ لِلْكَافِرِينَ نَصِيبٌ قَالُوا أَلَمْ قَالُوا أَلَمْ نَسْتَحْوِذْ عَلَيْكُمْ وَنَمْنَعَكُمْ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فَاللَّهُ يَحْكُمُ بَيْنَكُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَلَنْ يَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ لِلْكَافِرِينَ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ سَبِيلًا The hypocrites, what they do is they are those who wait to see what happens. They wait to see what happens. So if Allah grants you victory, they say, were we not on your side? But if the disbelievers share of victory, they say to them, did we not have the advantage over you, yet we protected you from the believers? Allah will judge them. Allah will judge between all of you on the day of judgment. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never grant the disbelievers a way over the believers. So over here, this characteristic is that they look amongst the believers looking for benefit. Then Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he says, and when they talk, they will impress you. Another characteristic. When they talk, they will impress you. So they're very good at talking. And he says, when they talk, they will impress you from the beauty of his speech and its softness. And he will swear upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala against that which is in his heart. And he lies. And his dishonesty. Regarding the truth, you see him sleeping. But when it's regarding falsehood, he is at the forefront. This is another thing, subhanallah. There are some established principles that we have in our religion that are not up for any debate. There are certain characteristics, certain principles, certain frameworks that you just don't go close to. You don't try to put a spin on it. You don't try to hide behind any bush. You say as is. Right? So, Tawheed is Tawheed, and Shirk is Shirk, and Bid'ah is Bid'ah, and you don't try to maneuver around it, and find vague and obscure things, or even the mistakes of certain ulama, so that you can then help falsehood. But when it comes to being upon the truth, and being stern upon it, and staunch upon it, that's when you see them sleeping. When it comes to the real issues of the reality of this deen, when it comes to the masail of tawheed and aqidah, you see them sleeping. But when it's to highlight and to promote and defend innovation and misguidance, they're at the forefront, defending with full vigor, complete energy, complete energy at the forefront and trying to justify the misguidance and deviation. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. And this is subhanallah from the evil of speech. Those who beautify their speech. And this is why Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says that in speech is a form of witchery, sorcery. Now some people, they can tell you something, 
they will talk to you, convince you that the sky is green. And you'll manage to do it because some people have this skill. SubhanAllah, I met one person randomly. I was sick and I went to a hospital, an office, a specialist for some nerves, right? And uh, I was sitting with him, and this person doesn't look like he's a Muslim. Completely left with like just gone, right? And then he says, Salaamu Alaikum. So I got happy, you know what I mean? I was pretty bad. I was pretty sick. I'm not going to lie to you. I was like, gone skis. Anyway, so I met him. Salaamu Alaikum. Wa Alaikum Salaam wa Barakatuh. And then he's like, you look like, and he mentions a person. I'm going to say who. I don't want to get cancelled. Anyway, so he mentions this person. And he says, the last time I met him, subhanallah, right? The last time I met him, when I spoke to him, he made me feel as if I needed to get every cent in my bank and give it to him. This is a specialist, like high, he was, he was a specialist in, uh, yani, nerves on the face. Right? Like, you, like, that's a pretty, that's a very niche specialist, you know what I mean? You gotta be, you gotta be doing alright for that, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're doing. And he's like, when I met him, he wanted, يعني, the way he spoke to me, it made me want to give everything I had to him. This person, يعني, subhanAllah, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us. But يعني, he wasn't, he's been known to misappropriate funds somewhat, let's just say. Right? These are the allegations. Now, but the fact is that some people, subhanAllah, they'll talk to you and they'll make you feel like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you walk out, what did I do? <laughs> what did I just do? You know what I mean? It's just this thing. SubhanAllah, some people are blessed with this. And so you find that the people that are usually blessed with it are the people who use it from his guidance. That's why, SubhanAllah, shaitan decorates and he beautifies innovation and he beautifies misguidance. And that's why they're so well-spoken. We have like lisps and stuff like that. We've got like stumbling and muttering and we're not all fully, يعني, the makharij of our words in the English is not all there yet. You know what I mean? English is like my third language, probably. I don't know. Second. Second language. Uh, but do you get what I'm saying? Like this is We're not as eloquent, perhaps. Or, do you know what I mean? But that's why sometimes, sometimes, usually, there is a sorcery in words. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection. And he says, so take their characteristics from the statement of Al-Quddus As-Salam. يعني the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding this Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he says وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يُعْجِبُكَ قَوْلُهُ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَيُشْهِدُ اللَّهَ عَلَى مَا فِي قَلْبِهِ وَهُوَ أَلَدُّ الْخِصَامِ There are some hypocrites who impress you with their views worldly affairs and they openly call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to witness that which is in their hearts yet they are the worst of your adversaries they are your worst enemies this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about them that they are very very good when they talk they impress you when they speak we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection ya Rabb then Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah he says they are a people who closely resemble one another they have a lot of shared characteristics and they order the evil after they commit it. This is another characteristic. They order the evil after they commit it. What do the believers do? They forbid against the evil. But these people, they order the evil after they do it. And they order against the good after they leave it. The opposite of the believers. 
The believers do enjoin the good and forbid the evil. They enjoin the evil and forbid the good. This is another characteristic. And he says, they are miserly, they're bakhil, and they withhold their money. This is another characteristic in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His pleasure. They don't give in charity and they withhold their money. How many times has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned that they forgot Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and turned away from His remembrance? Another characteristic that they turn away from the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, and how many times did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expose them to the believers and told them to avoid them? So listen, O believers, Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah, he says. So listen, what is he telling you to listen to? The verse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-munafiquna wal-munafiqat ba'dhuhum min ba'dh ya'muruna bil-munkari wa yanhawna anil-ma'ruf. وَيَقْبِضُونَ أَيْدِيَهُمْ نَسُوا اللَّهَ فَنَسِيَهُمْ إِنَّ الْمُنَافِقِينَ هُمُ الْفَاسِقُونَ The hypocrite man and the hypocrite woman. All the hypocrites, right? This shows that there are women hypocrites too, not just the men. They are alike. Some people say that the women ones are worse than the men, but that's a different story. They are alike, right? They encourage that which is evil and forbid that which is good. And... Withhold that which is in their hands. They neglect Allah. They forgot Allah, so He forgot them. He neglected them. So surely he, the hypocrites are the rebellious. So over here, very important that all of these characteristics are based from this one verse. Subhanallah. Then, Subhanallah ibn al-Qayyim, rahimahullah, he mentions something and he says that these are the two types. There are two types essentially of hypocrites. Two types generally speaking. He says the first type is those who saw... And then they went blind. They knew and they became ignorant. They affirmed and then they denied. These are the heads of the hypocrites. These are the heads of the hypocrites. They're leaders, they're chiefs. So the first is those who knew the truth and abandoned it. Right? And he says, these are like who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, these are like those who lit the fire. And after they lit the fire, it became dark. What verse is he referring to? 17. 17. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, their example is the example of someone who kindles a fire, but when it lights up all around them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes away their light, leaving them in complete darkness. So these are the heads. So they like light the fires for everyone else. Right? These are the heads. So the second type, he says, are those who are blinded by the truth because of the weakness in their eyes. Those who cannot hear past the sound of thunder. They put their hands, their fingers in their ears, avoiding the sound. So they do not become close from listening to the Qur'an, and they flee from faith. And he continues to describe them, and he says, these are the ones who follow the leaders. So these are the ones who follow the leaders. So there are two types of the munafiqeen. Some who are the leaders, and some who follow the leaders. Now, subhanAllah, يعني, what is the point of these people is that they just listen to the, what the leaders have said, and then they don't come close to the Qur'an because of it. Right? They listen to what the leaders have said, 
and they try to avoid the sunnah of the Prophet They listen to what their leaders said, and they try to avoid Islam. They try to avoid Iman. And they said, these people are more knowledgeable than us, and so they just blind follow what they did. However, they are still considered munafiqeen. They are still considered munafiqeen. Now, there are other characteristics of the munafiqeen. Some of them are mentioned in Sahih al-Bukhari, and we've taken this previously, is for instance, when he is entrusted, he betrays. When he is given something to entrust, Keep this for me for a week. Come back in a week. Or oh, who are you? Where'd you, where'd you come from? <laughs> Key to what? <laughs> what? <laughs> so when he's entrusted, he betrays. Right? So he's not trustworthy. When he speaks, he lies. He speaks, he lies. Whatever he says. Or whenever it's something important, whenever he speaks, he lies. And whenever he makes a covenant, he breaches his covenant. He proves to be treacherous. Right? So for instance, you and me, we have يعني, two businesses, right? side by side. And you say, خلاص, I'm not going to sell product A, B, C. You sell product D, E, and F. Right? Three weeks later, you find out he's selling A, Z. <laughs> he's selling everything. Right? He's got everything there. And he's يعني, proved to be treacherous. Now, another thing, and this is very important for the brothers. Very, very important for the brothers and very important for sisters in their marriages. Right? Is when he quarrels, when he has an argument He behaves in a very evil, insulting, imprudent manner When they have an argument, you see the most filthiest side They start to abuse, and swear, and throw things And say disgusting things And their etiquette is not of the etiquettes of the believers So this is from the characteristics of the munafiqin And other characteristic, for instance, as found in Sahih al-Bukhari is the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam? He says, and when you see, uh, and you see that the worst people, the worst among people, is the person who's two-faced, two-faced. Here's something that's extremely important today, of not being two-faced. That Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam he says, a person who appears to these people with one face and appears to another with another face. So it's extremely important that we don't have يعني, these characteristics. From the characteristics of the hypocrites And there are more that are mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his protection Now just very quickly Why did the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Not just kill the munafiqeen uh, He knew who they were He figured it out Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave it to him Why not just get rid of this threat Why have these people who are evil around you Why have their shar around you Why not just get rid of them He could have He had, a, he had complete power, authority Upon his kingdom Right Medina was his He was the chief He was the leader He was the Nabi Everyone If he said one thing He said round them up They would have been rounded up Maybe within يعني, Under an hour Without a shadow of a doubt Without him leaving that majlis They would have probably been lined up in front of him If he had wanted to And some of them even asked Let me take him Take care of this person now And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Stopped them from doing it he knew who they were, and other people even knew who they were. But the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa did not kill them. Why? Ibn uh, Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says, the scholars differed on why the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he, he did not kill these hypocrites in four reasons, in four opinions, right? Different opinions. Some of them are correct, some of them are incorrect, some of them have been refuted, and he gives the one that he says is the strongest and that which his ulama were upon also, which is heavy because Imam al-Qurtubi died when? MashaAllah alayk. Now, Imam al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says, the four opinions, 
the first opinion is that he did not kill them because no one other than him knew their state. He was the only person that knew it. Yes, he gave the list to someone else, but the knowledge itself was from with him alone. So over here, this was the first opinion, that he was the only person that knew of their state. The second opinion, which was held, he says, by the Shafi'iyyah, was that the Prophet ﷺ did not kill them because the zindiq, the one who displays faith and hides his disbelief, is to be repented and not to be killed. And Ibn al-Arabi, rahimahullah, al-Maliki, the proper Ibn al-Arabi, not the other one, uh, he said that this is يعني, incorrect and he gave a lot of reasons for this. Now, the third opinion, and this is the one I want you to focus on. This is the good one. Solid. Allah. Not that the other ones aren't good. I'm saying that. It's still mentioned. It's still slow. But this is the most authentic. Right? He says he did not kill them because of a greater good. He did not kill them because of a greater good. So that hearts would become softened and that people would not run away from Islam. So that hearts would soften and so that people would not run away from Islam. And the Prophet ﷺ, Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says, the Prophet ﷺ pointed towards this meaning when he said to Umar, I seek refuge in Allah, that people would say that I am killing my companions. Story is that one of the companions wanted to kill one of the munafiqeen in front of the Nabi ﷺ. And he said, no, I seek refuge in Allah, that people say that I kill my companions. Because to other people, to other people, they're showing faith. They're showing Islam. They're showing as if they're, they're okay. Who knows the reality of it? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But if he did kill him, it'd be like that person embraced Islam and he still killed him. Why should I become a Muslim? Just as a thing to make sure that there was these greater goods that were maintained. So then he says, and this is found in both Bukhari and Muslim, this hadith. And he says, the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would give those he wanted to soften their hearts from this world. Right? To give them things of this world, money, camels, sometimes a hundred camels, sometimes less, sometimes more, depending on what it was, he would give them knowing the evil creeds that they had, knowing full well that they were disbelievers, but he wanted to soften their hearts to Islam. So he would give them from this world. Now, Imam Al Qurtubi rahimahullah, he says that this position is the position of our scholars and others, and others other than them. The fourth opinion is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protected the companions from being affected or swayed from being corrupted by the hypocrites. This is another opinion. Because they couldn't really harm the believers in their faith. They were just causing corruption upon the earth. That they couldn't take them away from Islam. So because of that, because of the harm being restricted, then there was no harm in leaving them be. And the third opinion, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, is the strongest opinion. Because it is closest to what Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions in the authentic hadith as found in Sahih al-Bukhari and Muslim. Now Imam al-Tabari rahimahullah he says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made that rulings between people are made between that uh, are made by that which is apparent. The rulings between people are made by that which is apparent. Not that which is hidden. And that he says and that and that that which is hidden right within their hearts is known unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you go off that which is apparent. And whatever is in the hearts, you leave that unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is known unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So no one can pass rulings upon anyone except that which is apparent. Except that which is apparent. And he says, and indeed, 
the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa ruled upon the hypocrites in the same way he ruled upon the believers from that which they made apparent. So because the Muslims were, they, these are showing Islam, so they were safe from persecution, harm, they were getting the benefits of Islam. And he left their secrets to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And with this, يعني, alhamdulillah, we have concluded the portion regarding the hypocrites. Imam Tawri rahimahullah, as he mentioned, he quoted Imam Mujahid rahimahullah, he said four verses were revealed in Surah Al-Baqarah regarding the believers, two verses were revealed, revealed regarding the disbelievers, and 13 verses were revealed regarding the munafiqeen, the hypocrites. And today we have concluded the last of these verses. Next week we take one of the first commands of the Qur'an. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his assistance, his guidance, and his help to make these lessons as evidence for us and not against us. Barakallahu feekum wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa jazakumullahu khaira. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.